You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Well, have you ever heard someone say, don't shoot the messenger or I'm just the messenger? Well, in biblical times, the uh, messengers that would carry messages to kings would often have that perspective. They would sometimes say, I'm just the messenger. Because if they had particularly bad news to deliver to a king, if he didn't like it, he could take his wrath out on them. They could end up being killed. And today we use that term also. And when we say those kinds of things, oh, I'm just the messenger or don't shoot the messenger, it usually means we have news that's not going to be received well or news that we're not excited about delivering. And but what, what would happen if someone just chooses not to deliver the news, right? They're a messenger, but they, I'm not going to deliver it. Or I'm going to shade it a little bit or not give all of it or just not deliver it at all. Well, today, our topic centers around this idea of messenger. We're going to be in week number three of our Return to Me series. It's a study through the book of Malachi. And the, the, the name Malachi, his name specifically, is only mentioned one time in Scripture. It's actually mentioned in chapter 1, verse 1. And his name means my messenger. The name Malachi means my messenger. And, and the book of Malachi, as we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, takes place in the time and the setting of the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. So if you want to get a, an idea and a glimpse of what it looked like in the culture and in the setting of Malachi, read the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah, and that'll help set that tone. And in the book of Malachi, Israel is returning after being in captivity. They're returning back to Jerusalem. They're going to rebuild Jerusalem. And there's actually a series of returns of varying sizes. And... <laughs> The book of Malachi is actually a series of questions that the, that the Israelites are, are asking of God. Number one, they're, they're, they're seemingly disappointed with God about a variety of things. And then additionally, they seem to be shocked that they're wrong about some of their assumptions. Now, I don't know about you. Have, does it ever shock you if you're wrong? It's like, well, that can be the case. I, I, can't, uh, I can't experience that because I'm wrong all the time. But the Israelites were, were shocked that they were wrong about some of the assumptions they were, they were making about God. But just previous to Malachi, for about 75 to 100 years, God had sent prophet after prophet after prophet to the nation of Israel, saying, guys, I want you to return to me. I want you to come back to me. They continually rejected prophet after prophet, continually rejected God. And the book of Malachi marks the close of the Old Testament and the beginning of this 400 years of silence that God didn't speak. There was no new revelation from the book of Malachi to, uh, until we get to the Gospels. And of the 55 verses, Malachi is a very short book, as we've mentioned. There's only 55 verses in it. Of those 55 verses, 47 are God speaking. It's the highest proportion of God speaking in any of the prophets, any of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. But the book of Malachi is this glimpse into to a, 
a candid, pointed conversation between the nation of Israel and God. We've, we've likened it a little bit to maybe a counseling session where two people come in and they're saying some very difficult and hard things on both sides. Difficult things to say, difficult things to hear. And as an outsider, someone listening in on that conversation may say, how in the world could you say that? How could you think that of this other person? And the book of Malachi is God trying to get the nation of Israel's attention. Because in a counseling setting, someone goes through that because they love the other person and because they want to return to the relationship that they had. That's exactly what God's saying to the, to the Israelites in the book of Malachi. He's saying, guys, I love you and I really want you to return to me. I want you to come back to me and reestablish, have that relationship that we once had. And the entire book is God and Israel going back and forth in this conversation. You know, I mentioned that after Malachi, God remains silent for 400 years. And he doesn't speak again until the next prophet figure comes on the scene by the name of John the Baptist. And in John chapter 1, verse 29, we hear what John the Baptist said for the very first revelation after, after, uh, after uh, John came, after this 400 years of silence. John chapter 1, verse 29 says this, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. After 400 years, the thing that John the Baptist says is the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. I want you to look at him. Look at Jesus. This is the essence of the messenger of God. It's the essence of being a messenger. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we kicked off the Return to Me series, we talked about God's love. Last week, we talked about God's honor and what it looks like and means to honor him. And today we're talking about God's messenger. What does it look like to be God's messenger? And the two questions that we're going to ask ourselves today are this. First of all, collectively, are we faithful messengers? Are we faithful messengers? And then let's, let's make it personal. Ask yourself, am I a faithful messenger? Am I a faithful messenger? What does that even mean? What does that even look like? Well, we're going to walk through our text and then come back after we walk through all of it and talk about, discover what it is that God's trying to say to us about being a faithful messenger. So let's pray and we will dig in. Father, we, um, we just love you so much. Lord, thank you for giving us in your book principles that we can look to, that can guide our lives, and that are real, that are life. Lord, we thank you for that. We praise you for that. And Lord, we ask that today you would speak to us in ways that you want to speak. You know each heart. You know where we are. You know what you want for our lives you know the areas in which we need to adjust and change and become more like you. And we give that to you right now. We ask that you would speak, that you would do your work. We lift all of this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's, let's start off in the first three verses. Now, the first three verses really have this overarching theme talking about taking God's commandment to heart. Okay, taking God's commandment to heart. Let's pick it up in verse 1. Malachi starts off and he says, and now, O priests, this commandment is for you. Now, remember, God's talking. 
Now, from the beginning here, he starts off and he's saying, I'm specifically talking to you, priests, talking to you. And this commandment that he's talking about actually refers back to Malachi 1, verse 6. We talked about that verse last week. But Malachi 1, 6, God's saying, I want you to honor me. And in fact, you've despised my name. But that's the commandment that he's talking about. So how about you? You know, we talked last week about honoring God. And God doesn't get past the first verse in chapter 2. He says, guys, I want you to honor me. I want you to, to, to follow this commandment. Are we honoring God? You know, last week we talked about the fact that we, if we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we are priests. We're spiritual priests of, of God. Are we honoring him? God, God is speaking to us inspirationally in this passage. Inspirationally. So verse 2. God goes on. He says, if you will not hear... And if you will not take it to heart, to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I've cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. Now that phrase, take it to heart. He says, if you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart. Now the the phrase actually means to give careful thought or consideration. But what does it actually mean when we say, I want to take something to heart. Well, when we take something to heart, it means we apply it to our lives. Not only do we apply it, we take stock in it. We give it consideration, but it also moves us to action. See, that's what God was trying to do. He was trying to move the priests to action. He says, I want you to to be moved to action to honor me and follow this commandment. And specifically, to give glory to my name. That was the commandment. He says, I want you to give glory to my name. And if you don't, if you don't take it to heart, I'm going to send a curse upon you. In fact, I've already cursed you. You can look at Malachi 3, 9. It actually gives that curse. You're cursed with a curse. You've robbed me, even this whole nation. So he goes on in verse 3. And he says, behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces. The refuse of your solemn feasts, and one will take you away with it. Now, that's a pretty graphic verse. So he says, I'm going to rebuke your descendants. Reminds me of Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 9, where God says, you know what? I will visit the sins of you upon the third and fourth generations. The reality is that the things that you and I do impact people around us. And if we're parents and we've got kids Our actions, our behavior, our kids watch it. Those around us watch it. They impact others. And particularly, God's saying here, you know what, I'm going to visit this iniquity upon the third and fourth generations, according to Deuteronomy. But he says, I'm going to rebuke your descendants. And in this phrase, and spread refuse on your faces. Talk about graphic. Now that word refuse actually means dung. It means waste. You know, so many in sermon review, sermon review said, well, that's a facial I would not want. I would not want that, that facial. So let's talk about what God's actually saying here. Because specifically, this refuge from the, refuse from the festivals, it's specifically talking about something by the name of awful. Now, it's O-F-F-A-L. It's called awful. That's how it's pronounced. But it was the, the remains and the leftover 
of the sacrifices that were made at the festivals. Now, the, the, the sacrifices would use the fat, the blood of the animal, but all the rest of it was unusable. It couldn't be used. In fact, it was, so, it was unclean. It was supposed to be taken outside of the camp, according to Exodus 4.29. And so God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread this on your face. This unusable stuff. Guys, it shows the depth and the seriousness about which God takes giving glory to his name. All right, it's a lot in that section, okay? So in that section, God urges the nation of Israel to take God's commandments to heart. So let's, let's turn our attention to verses four, five, and six. And in this section, we're gonna see God's covenant as it once was. God's covenant as it once was. Malachi continues here and he says, God's still speaking. Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. Now this covenant of Levi, now there was a Levitical priesthood, but where did it come from? Well, in, when God led, had Moses lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt, he, he had said for years that the firstborn was consecrated to God. Well, when he led them out, and they got into the wilderness, God said, you know what, I want to, instead of taking the firstborn from every tribe, I'm choosing the nation of, of the sons of Aaron, the tribe of Levi, as the Levitical priesthood. We see that reference in Numbers chapter 3, verse 12. You can look at that up later if you'd like. But he says in verse 5, my covenant was with him, was with Aaron, one of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. You see, God says, I gave a covenant to Levi. And the covenant was life and peace. He gave Levi life and peace. And then I thought about it. That's exactly what God gave us. In fact, in, in the sermon review, a couple of people said, that, that's what God's done for us. That's what he's done for me. He gives us life through Jesus Christ. And he gives us peace through his son and walking through him. In fact, that's what, God's, it's what Paul says in Philippians 4, 7. It says he gives us the peace of God that passes understanding. People can't understand the peace that we have. That's what God gave to Levi with his covenant. And then he goes on and he says, I gave them to him that he might fear me. That he might fear me. And so he feared me and was reverent before my name. Now, the fear that God's talking about here is one of reverence. It's not a terrified fear like we think about being afraid. It's not that at all. It's a reverence. Uh, another way of, of saying it would be becoming awestruck with God. That's the sense that's given here. It's, it's having reverence for God and being awestruck by who he is. Well, what does it mean to be awestruck by someone? Well, when we are awestruck by someone, we listen to what they say. We're intent upon what they're saying, about what they think about stuff. We watch them. We listen to them. There's even a submission that will come when we're awestruck with someone. See, here's the point. You see, when we get a true glimpse of who God is, when we get a true glimpse of him, we cannot help 
but be awestruck by him. And when we're awestruck by him, we return to him. We want to be around him. We want to listen to him. We want to be part of what's going on. We want him to be in control of our lives. We bow before him and submit. That's, that's what God's asking the priests to do. And he said, that's the way God, that's the way I intended it. That's the way I set it up. Verse six. He says, the law of truth was in his mouth. The law of truth was in his mouth. Is the law of truth in our mouths? Is the law of truth, God's word, does it come out of our mouths? Is it part of us? Is it part of who we are? And injustice was not found on his lips. Now that word injustice actually means wickedness. So there's a lot of injustice that's going on in our culture right now. There's injustice seemingly everywhere we look to one degree or another. But God says that a faithful messenger, the way God designed it, the way he wanted the Levitical priesthood to work is that there was not wickedness found on his lips. And that next phrase, he walked with me in peace and equity. He walked with me uprightly. He walked with me righteously and turned many away from iniquity. Turned many away from iniquity. That, that word iniquity is just another word of, uh, it's, it's another way of saying sin. We don't use the word iniquity much anymore. But turned others away from sin. And those verses five and six actually give us the glimpse of what God intended for that Levitical priesthood. So just to recap, the first section, God's saying, take my commandment to heart. Verses four, five, and six, he says, this is my covenant the way I intended it. And in this final section, verses seven through nine, the overarching piece is God's hope for his messengers. God's hope for the Levitical priesthood. God's hope for you and me. Verse seven, he says, for the lips of a priest should keep knowledge and people should seek the law from his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. He's the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Are we a faithful messenger? Are we faithful messengers? Are you a faithful messenger? Am I a faithful messenger? Do the lips of mine keep the knowledge of God? Do I keep his knowledge? Do, do I communicate his knowledge? Do I, do I speak it so much so that it's part of who I am? That's what God says would be his hope for us as his messengers. Verse eight, he says, but you have departed from the way. You've caused many to stumble at the law. You've corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Now, this is a sobering verse to me because he says you've caused many to stumble at the law. So are we causing people to stumble because we're not following God's law? Are we causing others around us to stumble because we're not honoring God, because we're not giving glory to his name? It's sobering to think about. Verse nine, he says, therefore I also have made you contemptible or despised. I've made you despised and base or humble. So I've made you despised and I've humbled you before all the people because you have not kept my ways but have shown partiality in the law. You see, when we don't keep God's ways, ultimately, 
God will humble us before others. Ultimately, we don't get lifted up. Ultimately, God says, I'm going to humble you before others. That's what he did with the priests. And he says, you've shown partiality in the law. It reminds me of 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21. Paul says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. You see, the, the priests were responding in partiality to which sacrifices they would allow in, which sacrifices they would accept and which they would not, instead of following what God asked. And Timothy says, Paul says to Timothy, do not act with prejudice. Don't act with partiality. It doesn't matter someone's economic status. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter anything. Don't respond in partiality. So, Take a deep breath. There's a lot of verses there and there's a ton in those verses. But what can we learn about this idea of being a faithful messenger? What is it that we can learn from God about what he wants us to be? Are we faithful messengers? Okay, now this section is specifically written to priests. We've already made that clear. We, last week we looked at 1 Peter 2, 5. The fact that we are priests. Hebrews 4 talks about the fact that we are, there's, it talks about this priesthood of believers. It's a terminology that we use. But it says that God, Jesus, is our high priest. We are priests. So let's apply this to us. What does Malachi tell us about how to be a faithful messenger? Well, the first thing that we can learn about being a faithful messenger we see in verse 2. You see, a faithful messenger gives glory to God's name. A faithful messenger gives glory to God's name. Is it your sole aim on earth to bring glory to God's name? Is that why you exist? Is it the thing that you think about when you get up in the morning? Is it the thing that you think about when you lay your head on your pillow at night? Is giving God credit is giving him more access and more control and more authority in your life part of your decision process? Is it part of, part of your life as you walk the halls at school, as you navigate through the neighborhoods? Is that what we live for? You see, a faithful messenger gives glory to God's name. And once, once we get a glimpse of how majestic and amazing he is, we can't help but give glory to his name. That's what, that's what God was saying to the, to the Levites, to the priests. Verse six, another thing that we can learn about being a faithful messenger is that the law of truth is in your mouth. The law of truth is in your mouth. Do you appropriately handle scripture? Do you handle scripture well? Is it in your mouth? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Do we know how to handle it? Do we speak the word of truth? Do we speak God's word to those around us, to others? Do we, do we live it? Is it in our heart? You know, the crazy thing is, 
that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, the things that's coming, thing that, things that are coming out of our mouth are the things that are in our heart. So if the law of truth is in our mouth, that means the law of truth is in our heart. So do you memorize it? Do you meditate on it? Do, do you study it to say, I want it to be so much a part of who I am that I'm going to be a faithful messenger and it comes out of my mouth. That's what God's asking for. He's asking us to live it. A faithful messenger has the law of God on our lips. A faithful messenger also, according to verse six, injustice is not on your lips. Injustice is not on your lips. Now again, injustice is wickedness. So let me ask this. How's your speech? How's your speech? Whether online, whether on social media, whether interacting with friends and buddies, what do you say about people when they're not there? How's our speech? Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse man sows strife and a, worse, a whisperer separates the best of friends. You see, God wants there to, no, to be no wickedness on our lips. No wickedness on our lips. Verse six gives us a, the fourth thing that we can see about how to be a faithful messenger. He says, walk with me. Walk with me. So do we walk with God? Do you walk with God? You know, we're in, in the middle of all in, which is a spiritual growth initiative. It's all about at the very beginning and all through it, we've said, ask God what he wants, listen to what he says, and do that. That is spiritual growth. That's the essence of walking with God. And sometimes we say, I don't, I don't know if that's God's voice speaking or if it's not. Well, that's where you hear God say something to you. And if it aligns with scripture and it doesn't go against it, listen to it and follow it. Walk with me. And then finally, a faithful messenger, according to verse six, turns many from iniquity, turns many from iniquity, turns many from sin. James 5, 19 to 20 James says, brethren, if any, anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Do we turn people back from sin to iniquity? Or, and, and to, back from sin and iniquity. It reminds me of Romans chapter 10, verse 15. It talks about beautiful feet of those who share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's exactly what Paul says. He says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Are you telling people about Jesus? Are you sharing faith with them? Maybe, maybe you say, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to trust God to give you the words. You have more knowledge than you think. And give glory to God. Surrender control in that area. 
and then take it to heart. Let it move you to action and say, God, I know people are dying without you. I know they're, they're, they're on the road to an eternity without you in, a, in a, a horrible, horrible hell. And you lean into that and say, I want to let that move me to action. And then you tell others. That's what he asks us to do. That's the epitome of being a good, faithful messenger. You know, we, we started off at the beginning by talking about John the Baptist. And after 400 years of silence, God said through John the Baptist, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because that's our message. That's the message that we need to take. That's the message that the world needs us to take to them. So are we faithful messengers? Are we faithful messengers as a collective church? Are we faithful messengers at each campus? Are we faithful messengers, messengers online? And then ask yourself, am I a faithful messenger? Am I a faithful messenger? In what area in these, this, this, this arena of being a faithful messenger, what area is God asking me to return to him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all that you are. Thank you for giving us a book. Thank you for giving us truth and principles from your book that we can base our life on. And we ask right now that you would do in our lives and in our hearts what you want done. Help us become and be faithful messengers for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are a follower of Jesus, do you realize that you are Malachi? Malachi, the word means messenger, and you are a messenger. In fact, God has called each one of us to be his messenger to this world carrying the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, telling people that Jesus was God in human form and he came into this world to save humanity from the consequences of our sin, which is death and separation from God forever. And he did that by taking our sin and our consequence upon himself. And then he died. He was buried and three days later, he rose from the grave and by doing that, he conquered sin. He conquered death and he made a way for anyone who wants forgiveness of sin and eternal life by just simply putting their faith in him. That is our message. That's the message we are delivered. So the question we need to ask ourselves is the same question Brian asked in his message, which is, are we a faithful messenger? Am I a faithful messenger? We have a message to deliver. And aren't you glad that someone delivered that message to you? that you had a Malachi in your life that gave you the gospel so that you could have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. Let's be faithful messengers this week. Now, it may be that you're watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus and you don't have a relationship with God. And can I just tell you, I today am your Malachi. I'm your messenger and I wanna tell you that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And all you need to do is admit your need for him Admit your need for uh, forgiveness of sins. Believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was, God in the flesh, and that he's the only one who can forgive your sin. And then confess. Just confess to God in prayer. God, I need you. 
I want to follow you. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Now, if you do that today, God will meet you right here where you're at and he'll save you and he'll begin a relationship with you and he'll give you eternal life and forgiveness of sins. Now, if you've done that today, man, we would love to celebrate that decision with you. So please do us a favor, text us and let us know. You can text the word Jesus to 855-734-7223 and we will reach out to you, first of all, to celebrate the biggest and best decision you've ever made in your life and second, to give you some next steps in your journey with Jesus Christ. And we hope today's been a blessing to you. We hope you've been encouraged. Most of all, we hope you've encountered Jesus. Until we meet again next time, remember that God has blessed you to be a blessing. So let's be faithful messengers this week. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com.